Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Candice. And Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Oh yeah, we thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we're in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. We don't! And that's okay. It is okay. (laughs) Uh, I do think who we are sitting down with today is truly exceptional. She seems like she might have it all figured out. I will say that. Today we are sitting down with Kyla Garcia from the Valley of Change. Kyla is an artist and activist from Hoboken, New Jersey. She says breaking the chains of systemic racism is going to require daily work throughout her entire lifetime. This is why she joined and helped start Valley of Change, whose mission is to liberate Black people and to defend Indigenous people and all people of color. They strive to do this by advocating for policy solutions, community representation, widespread education, and narrative change to accelerate social change and sustainably construct a fair, equitable society. Our conversation with her is truly fascinating. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Kyla Garcia. 
And we are here with Kyla Garcia. So Kyla, we are so happy that you are here with us today. We think you are inspiring and the nonprofit you work for is so inspiring. The story of how Valley of Change started is not only inspiring, it is the definition of grassroots. For our listeners, can you take us through how it started and also how you found your way to such an incredible company? Yes. Um, It all started back in May, right after the brutal murder of George Floyd. Um, I know many of us were feeling called to protest in the streets, but also torn because of the pandemic and wanting to stay safe. So my husband and I, we really wanted to go downtown. And we also were like, we just can't do that right now. And we started seeing people in the valley just popping up on corners with signs. And I was like, we could do that. Like, you know, just little families, just random corners. And so I went to about two of those, two different corners. And then the third one was in front of the Sherman Oaks Galleria. And my husband was like, there's one around the corner from where we live. Why don't we try that one? And I was like, sure. So we go there and we meet Reggie Watkins and Latora Green. And they were our neighbors that we didn't know we had. Um, And we also met an amazing youth activist named Shyla. They were among the first people that showed up and we all just bonded. We just connected. And so we didn't want to stop, you know, and Latora and Reggie are the co-founders of Valley of Change. Latora herself has been out there. Today is her 148th day. Oh my gosh. Consecutive protest. Wow. So Latora has not left the corner. And so it all just evolved so naturally. Um, One of our original protesters, Courtney, she was like, what if we call ourselves the Valley of Change? Then it includes the whole valley if people want to join us. So everything just happens so organically. I also, in addition to being an artivist, I used to be a social media consultant in another life. And somebody started an Instagram and I was like, you want me to run it? I used to do this. And now, I mean, it took off in like two months. We had over 4,000 followers. So it just kept growing and growing and growing. And so unlike most nonprofits, we didn't have a plan when we started. We've been learning as we go mm-hmm. and unlearning as we go too, because we're all in this together. We're all like, what did our history books teach us? What, what is this world we live in? We know a little bit about the origins of our country, but we don't know the truth. Everything's been omitted. So we've all been learning as human beings together. And we wanted to create a safe, family-friendly, COVID-aware space where people could exercise their First Amendment right to gather in peaceful protest and to raise their voices. And that takes practice. Okay, so one of the things that I love so much about Valley of Change is you guys talk about how continually protesting is so important because this was a topic that was a buzz buzzy topic for a while. And what we want to make sure is that it's not just a buzzy topic. This is something that actually invokes change. So why do why are continual protests important? They're important because we have to be active participants in our democracy. I think one of the greatest myths we were ever taught is that all the greatest battles have already been fought and won, right? We were born into a very good time in this country. We had the right to vote as women. Um, Indigenous people, Native people, and Black people had the right to vote. We were born into this all of these rights that were so hard won, they were given to us. And so there's a part of you that thinks, oh, well, that the civil rights movement, 
that happened. We're good. And I don't mean you as individuals or me as an individual, but as a collective society, yeah, we're taught that everything is okay, especially with the history books. You know, we skip, we go from, we go from just smoothing over the genocide of native peoples, right? A word that history books love to use is seeded, C-E-D-E-D. Native lands were seeded. They were not seeded. They were not given up. They were taken um, repeatedly. They continue to be taken. So we are living on stolen land that was built by people stolen from their land. Okay, the foundation of America was built on the brutalization of black and brown bodies. So that's been normalized since the beginning of this country. Because you have to normalize it in order to keep it going. That's the whole foundation of white supremacy is that it's been normalized. And it was normalized by racial superiority, mm-hmm. right? If they mm-hmm. are less than us, then we can do whatever we want to them to take their land and to use them to build this new country. So indigenous sovereignty and black liberation are inherently intertwined. And we are having a great reckoning in our generation where we can't look away, where we will no longer celebrate a holiday in honor of a colonizer who murdered the descendants of my people, the Taino, we're living in a a time where we go, no, that's a given. It's indigenous people's day. We shouldn't celebrate that person. And so there's so many changes happening in our collective consciousness. And right now, continual protest is so important because we have to stay awake. It's not enough. I mean, it's, it's a gesture. The black square was a gesture and the posts are important to have the timeline constantly full of content where people are unlearning and re-educating themselves with the feeling of when you walk up to a corner to a group of people and you hold a sign up that first time you do it it's so scary you know it's so scary to to say i'm vulnerable and i care about this country and i care about this world and i'm not cynical i don't think that we've lost hope i think we're at the beginning of an amazing transformation. So to hold that sign up and say, I care, it's so scary. And so it's a muscle. Mm -hmm. Bravery is a muscle. So getting to introduce children to their first protest, getting to introduce these families and adults, people that have wanted to get involved for so long, but we've been so overwhelmed, right? We're so overwhelmed. Where do we start? Where do we start with dismantling systemic racism? Where do we start? It's so overwhelming. But at the Valley of Change, we believe in doing something every day. That's one of our hashtags. Hashtag do something every day. Hashtag be the change, right? If you do one thing every day, whether it's having a difficult conversation with a family member that you know you've been wanting to have, but you've been avoiding because they're that family member that you don't think you can get through to, whether it's signing a petition, sharing a petition, whether it's reading a book. Um, There's so many amazing anti-racist books right now just sitting home and reading those books while you're staying safe and spreading that knowledge, um, diversifying your feed, following indigenous leaders, black leaders, authors, just expanding your mind because for too long, we've been seeing this story through the eyes of the conquerors. 
right? Mm-hmm. There's a Hopi proverb that says, those who tell the stories rule the world. Mm-hmm. That's why we've been left out of them for so long. And now the descendants of the casualties who made America great, even though it, it, it has not even reached what it could be, make it great again. I can't even fathom <laughs> the fact that it's built on what it's built on. There, that's why when we reconcile the past, we're able to look to a better future of what we can be. So it's so important to look at who's telling the stories, right? Because if those who tell the stories rule the world, those who tell the stories can also heal the world. So what you guys are doing, I'm so inspired by what you're doing. First of all, I celebrate you as pandemic superhero moms. (laughs) Okay. Raising children, first of all, is one of the greatest acts of activism you could ever do. Thank you. To do it during a pandemic, no less. And to be holding space for these conversations is so important. And I really, I I also want to celebrate the title of your podcast, Directionally Challenged, to, to admit, I don't know where I'm going or I don't know where I am. Can you help me? It means that when we gather in conversation, when we hold space together, we're starting with, I don't know everything. Right. Neither do you. What can we learn from each other? And I also, relating to being directionally challenged, I couldn't help but think of, you know, a compass, finding your own true north. But also before you even take out a compass, you have to know where you are. You have to. Mm -hmm. As an individual, as countries, as global entities, we have to know where we are. And something I wanted to share with you guys is land acknowledgement, which is something that's so important in native communities and so important at the Valley of Change. I make sure whenever I'm on the megaphone to acknowledge here in Southern California, we are on the traditional lands of the Gabrielino Tongva people. They are the ancestors who took care of this land. They are whose stolen land we are on. And to just honor that before we even take out the compass, we go, okay, we're all here. We're all in the same place, right? Um I love that. Now in the effort is, are these all things that you knew before? Did you, uh, did you grow up in California? And when, and for our listeners who are not from California, when we talk about the Valley, uh, we're talking about the San Fernando Valley. So yes, for anyone that's like, you mean like Valley girls? Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, did, but if that helps you kind of like, we're, you know, that's what um, we're saying. Like the San Fernando Valley essentially is where this meetup occurs. Um, but is, did you know, all of that or were you inspired this year to, to learn and grow and educate yourself more? So I grew up on the traditional lands of the Lenape people in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and I have been unlearning and relearning for some time now, since I've been out here in LA, I'm a part of a theater company called native voices at the Autry. We've been around for over 25 years They're the only equity company in America that is dedicated to elevating native playwrights and native actors. Obviously, we don't have any shows going on right now. We do have a Zoom play festival coming up, which I'd be more than happy to send you the link to. 
but oh, please do and send us the link so we can we'll have it in our show notes as well for our listeners yeah it's a great starting point for relearning and re-educating yourself to listen to native people right and to see their stories told to see our stories told through our own voices and through our own perspectives so for me growing up in hoboken new jersey it's super diverse over by new york right um and I'm mixed as well. So I am, I am an indigenous Afro-Latina with European roots as well. So I, I actually, I feel like I have between my mother and my father, I have these wars that were fought in my bloodlines. So for me, I have to stop and go, who am I? What can I learn from that past? What can I learn from my ancestors? So for me, I've been having to learn so much because in New Jersey, we aren't even taught about Lenape land. We're not taught about what the Dutch did to the Lenape. We're not taught that the Mohawk people helped build the New York skyline because they had no fear of heights. We just see that famous image of the cute little old white guys eating sandwiches on a steel beam. Yeah. You know? And so I've had to unlearn everything, especially from where I grew up and, you know, not being brown enough for my brown family, not being white enough for my white family. There's so many things that I've had to reconcile within myself and accept. Did your parents, did you feel like you had, um, that your parents would discuss, uh, heritage and history and race with you when you were growing up? It was this an open dialogue within your home? Absolutely. Um, my mom, I love both my parents dearly. They are more like my best friends than parents. They had my sister and I very young. Um, they were 19. So I feel like we all grew up together. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom for my mom and my dad to be together at that time was not accepted to have an interracial relationship, to have an interracial marriage was not accepted. They actually met because my mom was being bullied and um, this group of kids were going to throw her off the pier in Hoboken into the Hudson River and my dad caught her. Um, so like, I love them. They're no longer together, um, but we're, we're a blended family. We're all very close. My bonus parents are awesome. Um, and my bonus parents each remarried someone of the same ethnicity. So all four sisters were all the same blend. We're all the same mix. That's um, so beautiful. Yeah. But my mom and dad, I feel like that story, because that story is the reason why I'm alive, right? Because if, if he didn't catch her, if he didn't stop the bullying that was happening towards her and vice versa, if they weren't there for each other, I wouldn't be here. And that, that's another part of knowing who I am. Like I, I stand up and I use my voice against bullies, which systemic racism is the greatest bully we're all facing right now. Um, so yes, in answer to your question, my mom is such an incredible ally. And for as long as I can remember, she was always telling me, you're Taino, you're Taino. And the Taino tribe, we are indigenous to Puerto Rico um, and also other parts of the Caribbean. And my grandmother on my father's side, she grew up in an orphanage, essentially. Her mother died in childbirth. And so her father raised her siblings, but he didn't raise her. 
after that, mm. he put her in an orphanage. So she grew up separated from her culture, separated from her family. And I only just recently learned that her grandmother in Puerto Rico was black and she never met her because of being separated growing up in the orphanage. But also her siblings never met that grandmother because she was black. So Puerto Rico has a very, very nuanced, complicated relationship to race, right? Because, I mean, it was occupied and controlled and colonized by the Spanish for over 400 years. And then, then along comes America, who didn't do much better. Which, side note, there was a hurricane in, in Puerto Rico in 1899 called the San Siriaco Hurricane. And America did the same thing that we did in Hurricane oh. Maria. That, that for the listeners, I highly recommend, um, there's a book called The Taste of Sugar by Mari Salvera. It's historical fiction, but it teaches you so much about that part of Puerto Rico's history. And this is why it's so important for us to know our history, because if mm-hmm. we don't know that, then we go, oh, this is just a fluke. This awful right. hurricane happened. America didn't know how to protect its own citizens because Puerto Ricans are Americans. Mm-hmm. But if you know, if you look at the pattern of a hundred years ago, then you see, no, this is a pattern. This is something mm-hmm. that needs to shift. Also, another side note on Puerto Rico, while it's fresh in my mind, um, and this this goes into like the intersectionality of feminism, right? I don't know if you guys know this, but I just learned this year that Puerto Rican women were the first to have birth control tested on them. Did not know that. I did not know that either. So that's such a huge eye opener for me, because if we think about feminism and how intersectionality was, you know, the term itself was coined by black and brown women because it was so necessary. For feminism, birth control was such a big win. But for Puerto Rican women, it was a violation of their body. It's the, the opposite of liberation or freedom for women. And then if you think about what's going on in the ICE detention centers in Georgia, Mm. the mass hysterectomies for our undocumented sisters, it's like, it's all connected. And so in answer to your question, because of my mother being an amazing ally and because my father, I love my father, he also was growing up in a time where you really had to assimilate. You didn't want to speak your language as much. You didn't want to speak Spanish. You wanted to just blend in at school. Um, but they both gave me the tools and the knowledge that I needed to know who I was. And my mom specifically was always telling me, this is your tribe. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. But I've had to be the bridge to my tribe and to my culture because my grandmother was separated from it, which Mm -hmm. is the case with so many indigenous people because of the Indian boarding school system, more homework for your listeners, because that only stopped in the late seventies, early eighties, the Indian boarding school system, where it was legal to kidnap native children, put them into schools, take away their culture, cut their hair, which to cut your braids in, in many native communities to do that. It's either a sign of a milestone of something to celebrate or to grieve. So these children were having their hair cut and being beaten if they spoke their language um, being abused on all levels, the Indian boarding school system, that's not in our history books. Kill the Indian, save the man. That was the motto. 
Mm-hmm. Where is that in our history books? So if we don't know that history, and when it comes to Black liberation in America, if you think of our history books, I don't know about your experience, but for me, it was like, okay, slavery happened. And then we skip over to the civil rights movement. Like it was mm-hmm. like slavery, emancipation proclamation, uh, Jim Crow, new Jim Crow, barely civil rights. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. There was that. And then there's the one moment of like, women got the right to vote. And, you know, and I'm at that point, I was like, yeah, yay, women. women. And then no, and it wasn't. And but it gets so as a young white girl thinking like, oh, this is like girl power, you know, Spice Girls girl power and women voting. And then obviously as an adult now, I'm like, how was that not taught? more clearly and how was how was it just completely brushed over the fact that yeah white women got the right to vote Mm -hmm. and that's it um do you have then specifically it you know a place to start for our listeners um as far as like you know you mentioned doing your homework and, and learning history and in its fullest form especially with native uh history where would you say our listeners could start? Um, I know you mentioned a historical fiction novel, um, mm-hmm. which I love historical fiction as well. I feel like it actually, it's it, a fun way to learn. Yes. Um, but are there any other um, books or, or, or websites or documentaries or any place where someone can start that is feeling overwhelmed, but does want to take the step forward into educating themselves? Um, absolutely. Um, how to be an anti-racist. I mean, that one is on everybody's book list right now, but it's so essential and so wonderful. And there's also anti-racist baby, the children's version of it, um, by Ibram X. Kendi and an indigenous people's history of the United States. It's by, uh, Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz. There's also a children's version of it. Mm. Um, This book is anti-racist, 20 Lessons on How to Wake Up, Take Action, and Do the Work by Tiffany Jewell. That's a children's book, more YA. Um, So you want to talk about race, uh, Between the World and Me, I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness, Austin Channing Brown. I mean, there's so much. Also, a really great one for kids, I Can Make This Promise by Christine Day, which is all about the author she is the descendant of someone who was stolen and sent to um, not the Indian boarding school system, but there was also, there's something called the Indian welfare, the Indian child welfare act, which made it illegal for non-native people to adopt native children. Wow. And it's because um, native children were being stolen from hospital rooms and then raised by white families. This was a thing. Another thing we didn't learn about, I can make this promise as a children's book, but it's all about that. Um, as long as grass grows, the indigenous fight for environmental justice is another really great one. There's so, there's so many, and I'd be happy to send you guys a list as well, if that's helpful. That would be great. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all connected because if we know who we are and we know what our history is, then we can move forward. We can use that compass and we can, no longer be directionally challenged. We'll know where to go because we know who we are. And our country needs to do that too. Right. If we don't do it as individuals, then how are we going to do it as a, a collective? So I think that's why 
what we're doing at the Valley of Change is so important because it's constantly getting together every day and saying, we care. What have you done today? What have you done? What have you learned? And we're sharing information because you don't have to be a celebrity to make change. I think that's another, I saw something on Instagram the other day that said the American dream is a pyramid scheme. It was just like a, a shirt. And I was like, that's how they start disempowering us is that you have to get here in order to make change when really we all have influence. We all have influence over our communities, over our families. And when we keep learning, we create a different world together. It's not just depending on who the president is, who are our local leaders. You know, Valley of Change has been trying to educate our community about that as well. And our local neighbors, because going back to, you know, you were saying Latora Green and Reggie Watkins were both in your neighborhood. And I think it's so easy, you know, to look back into, you know, yesteryear of 2019 and before and just be like, oh, yeah, it's just people you walk by on your commuter say hi or, you know, I don't know about you. We've never I've just never been someone who knows every single neighbor on the block. And it's really changed this year because we're all home more and we're all, you know, actually engaging with the people around us because we need community and we need to be able to trust the people around us more than ever for our, you know, public health and safety. And Mm -hmm. it's really um, changed uh, our relationship with our neighbors. But what I love is that you not only found the Valley of Change, but the founders just so happen to be in your community all along. And it's in in that sense of community that's blossomed from it. Um, Especially in LA. Yeah. Especially in LA. LA is so big. It's so massive. Before COVID, we were always driving to see our friends in different neighborhoods. And now it's like, no, who was in this neighborhood? Who are Mm -hmm. my neighbors? And who has my back? Like, we all have each other's back on that corner. We call it the little corner of big change. Because it's I just like, love that name so much. I know it just it, it it just embodies everything about Valley of Change. Yes, yes, because global change starts on the local level, you know. And I think of the Honorable John Lewis in his posthumous essay, which, if you haven't already read it, and if your readers haven't read it yet, please do. I mean, talk about life goals, like fighting for social justice his entire life. And then before he passed, visiting Black Lives Matter Plaza in D.C., that was one of the last things he did and seeing his work blossom and also to have an essay like ready to be published after you leave the world. Like he left us a map. Talk about directly challenged. He left us a map. (laughs) That's a great place for people to start. That's that's my number one place for people to start to get involved in this movement. Read John Lewis's posthumous essay. He talks about how Emmett Till was his George Floyd. And that is such a, an expansive and heartbreaking and devastating thought. But he was the same age. He was around the same age as Emmett Till when that happened. And he suddenly thought, this could happen to me. Mm-hmm. No matter how um, well-behaved I am, no matter how educated I am, which this is what systemic racism does, right? You can't get anything right in a broken system. It's broken. People are going to continue to slip through the cracks. It's a broken system that's working for the people who build it, built it, and it's killing the people who it oppresses. And so John Lewis 
in that essay, he talks about redeeming the soul of America and the spirit of America. And I think after we acknowledge that America was first Turtle Island, that's what North America was to indigenous people. But the founding of this country after that, after the horrific genocide, after the slavery, because I will always mention that first, it was built on revolution. It was built on protest. Protest is one of the most patriotic things you can do. And for it to be vilified in any way, that's somebody, that's, you know, that's people trying to disempower us again to say that protest is bad. Over The numbers came out where something like over 97% of the protests that happened this year have been peaceful. And um, what you guys have done so well is create a list of regulations for Valley of Change for those who come to Valley of Change that make sure it stays peaceful. Can mm-hmm. you expand a little bit on that for our listeners who aren't local, who aren't able to join Valley of Change, but may want to start a peaceful protest in their area? Sure. We call it the ABCDs of the TVOC. Mm-hmm. So the ABC is always be calm. And the Ds are disengage, deescalate, and don't leave the corner. Because as amazing as this journey has been with Valley of Change and our community is just wonderful the way they've showed up and showed out and we're all donation-based, so everything is just running by the people for the people. But we also have a lot of hostility towards us. There have been attacks on our corner. There have been uh, verbal attacks, physical attacks, people, counter-protesters, people that approach us and say horrific things. Um, When the 45 rallies pass through, it's really tough. We, we, sometimes we just kneel, keep our fists up, or we're just there in silence holding our signs. But it's very upsetting. And it's a lot to take in. So we wanted to give our people a guideline, you know, because you're going to get triggered. You're going to get upset. It is scary when you see a, a small child yell, all lives matter. It's, it's scary when you see that, because to be clear, This whole movement, of course, it recognizes that all lives matter, but black lives matter because we need to help the black community most right now. Our black and brown communities need us more than ever. So to hear that and to feel that hate, it's a lot. So we wanted to give people tools to stay calm, to not react, to stay focused on what we're doing, because although we're not officially affiliated with Black Lives Matter, We are inspired by them. That is why we're here. And we are a visual reminder of the movement. So we like Mm -hmm. to say on the corner, you're here to make your ancestors proud. You're here to hold yourself with grace and dignity. And if we want to be the change, we can't be on their level. We have to go higher, right? Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. And also those people that pass by, a lot of them are mentally ill at times. Um, it, It could be people on the street we have a whole homelessness outreach program now where we feed the homeless uh, every second Saturday of the month. We feed our friends in need and we see so many people are unstable. And even those people, when they come at us with hate, we're still giving them water. We're still trying to help. Um, But the thing is anyone who comes at us, not understanding what we're doing. I like to tell our protesters and Latora and Reggie do this too. We're fighting for them too. They just don't know. They don't know. We're fighting for all of us. We're fighting for America to be 
what it set out to be, even though it was built on contradictions and, you know, the Declaration of Independence actually has the words merciless savages in it in reference to Native people. And it didn't say all men and women are created equal. There's so many things we have to reconcile, but at the same time, the pursuit of happiness, right, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, these things that America was built on to include everyone, we're really fighting for that. We're fighting out there because we do love this country and we know how good it could be. And sometimes you have to criticize the things you love for them to get better in relationship and partnership. We're not like, you're the best ever to our partners. We're like, hi, this thing, can we work on it? Or how can mm -hmm. I work on myself? Mm -hmm. And we're all doing that right now as citizens and as a country, or hopefully we are. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix my favorite is the peach mango flavor. 
So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. we're back. I'm wondering what is your, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. And obviously speaking of history and the way that it's portrayed to us as children, you know, with like school plays of, you know, you're a pilgrim or you're a native American coming to join together at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, while also acknowledging the sense of community that can happen within a family getting together for a, a meal, which is generally what I think a lot of people uh, are doing when they're quote unquote, like celebrating the holiday. Mm -hmm. But how do you um, approach a holiday like that or discuss a holiday um, with that kind of historical back? And I use the word historical in quotes, a uh, historical yeah. backdrop to it. Well, I think it relates to everything we've been talking about in terms of knowing the truth, educating yourself on the truth, and then whatever it is for you as an individual or as a community coming together, there's so, there's so much beauty in the holiday of Thanksgiving, right? I, I love being with my family. I love celebrating together, sitting down to share a meal and to celebrate what we're thankful for. But at the same time, it's knowing the history of it. I, I wrote a poem um, a while back and there's a line in it that's pretty dark, but it just came to me that America is a carousel built on a graveyard. So the carousel looks really fun. And the people who are on it, it's like, this isn't broken. This isn't a broken carousel. We're moving. We're moving. Look at how fun and beautiful this is. But at the same time, it's built on the bones. It's built on these stories. It's built on ancestral remains, like most pipelines are. Um, and so if we don't acknowledge that, then you're just going around in a circle. I, I, ideally I want Thanksgiving. I want a holiday like that. If I compare it to the carousel, I want us to, to break that carousel. I want us to dismantle it and build it somewhere else together on a place that's not on top of the remains of people who died, you know, just metaphorically, spiritually, I want us to redefine it with the history. Um, and when it comes to even Halloween, um, our culture is not a costume, right? A lot of people don't get that. I, I have a friend who's a teacher, an amazing teacher. And she said one of her colleagues was like, 
oh, you know, I want to do something for Indigenous Peoples Month. I'm going to have the kids dress up. And she said, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. Um, I'm going to talk to my Indigenous friends. I don't think that's good. And her, the teacher was like, why? Like, we'll celebrate. It's, it's fine. And that's not fine because Native people already are barely represented in the media, right? We haven't had a Native American family sitcom yet. Ava DuVernay just signed a deal to have our first Native family drama, right? In 2020. That's huge. It's something to celebrate, but it's also 2020. So we don't have accurate Native representation. And most often than not, Native stories are being written by through the lens of white men. And so what we need to do is understand that Native people are here now. Because if you look at all of these movies and films, you're always seeing Native people in the past, usually wearing uh, regalia of the Plains Indians, not even a specific tribe. You don't even know. Um, Native American Barbie didn't come out till 1992. She didn't even have a tribe. She wow. was just Native American Barbie. There's over 574 federally recognized tribes and over 200, a little under 300 non-federally recognized tribes. And they couldn't pick one. So it's like, when it's just this generalization and when we don't see Native people in a contemporary world, then it's very easy to mythalize, um, make them into some sort of story or something of the past. And I feel like when something is magical or something is no longer here, I think of like unicorns, right? Unicorns are, we love unicorns, but unicorns don't need water rights because they're, <laughs> they're not real. We're like, that's not real. So right now there are a lot of people who sincerely think native people are extinct. Like they will say that to you. So when it comes to holidays like Thanksgiving and Halloween, I just want to see people really making the effort to see native people in a contemporary light and not dress up as them. Like dress up as Wilma Mankiller, the first female chief of the Cherokee people. Dress up as uh, Maria Tallchief, the first native prima ballerina. Um, dress up as Dev Holland. Like we have native women in the Senate right now. Like dress up as them. But if you're just wearing a generic costume, it is offensive and it is harmful because it all goes back to right now um, when 45 calls Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, which that was not Pocahontas's real name. Her real name was Matoica, first of all. Second, when he says that, it is extremely offensive to Native people because it is another form of erasure. We are looked at as the invisible minority or one of the invisible minorities. And so when he does that, he's saying, I'm not acknowledging that Native women have the highest rates of sexual assault and domestic violence in the world and the highest rates of kidnapping and murder. I'm not acknowledging the hashtag MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. I'm not acknowledging that because Matoica, Pocahontas, was a missing Indigenous girl who was assaulted and abused and eventually died a horrific death. Um, so when, when those words are used in that way, it's just more erasure. And I said to someone recently, I had a friend, um, a dear friend who is a Trump supporter and he was like, tell me one bad thing he's done. And, um, I love this man. I love this man dearly. He's an amazing artist, um, a great scholar, a great actor, a gay man as well. Uh, very proud. 
And when he said that to me, it, it was this moment of, oh my God, like I thought we were having the same conversation. Oh no. So I had to stop like all the triggering that was happening. I mean, just the Central Park Five alone, him not apologizing to the Central Park Five alone could make me just burst out in tears. But I'm like, Kyla, just stop. Don't look at everything. Look at one thing. How can you get through to this man right now? And so I focused on what I knew and I talked about Pocahontas to him and he said, well, why, why is that so offensive? You know, I'm from a generation where we're tougher on each other and we can say things like that. And I, in the moment, this example came to me because Pocahontas was between the ages of nine and 11, which Disney didn't show us. Right. Mm -hmm. We're like, Oh, look at her. She's got a. She's like, she looked like she was in her thirties. Um, and so I said to him, what if the president called somebody who was posing as white, right? Or because of this controversial issue with Elizabeth Warren claiming native heritage, all of this. What mm. if somebody who was doing the opposite, somebody who was um, indigenous was claiming they were white and he called her John Bonet Ramsey all the time? What if he was just like, oh, she's a John Bonet? Oh yeah, John Bonet over there. Like, even just hearing that, you're like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Like, because we know our history and that's recent history. So we have an emotional, visceral response to it because she's real in our minds. This this sweet, innocent child that this horrific thing happened to, we would never make a joke about her. But because Pocahontas is a cartoon, because mm-hmm. we're we're not learning the true history of what she did. The fact that she gave the first seeds of the tobacco flower to the colonists. She started the whole foundation of our economy. America survived because of our tobacco industry. We're not talking about her as a peacemaker, as a businesswoman. We're not talking about that. We're talking about her as being a racial slur. Mm. Why it was such a win when the Washington football team changed their name. It's like names matter, words matter, especially in communities that are underrepresented. So that's a very good question about Thanksgiving. It's just about just educating yourself and and not participating in the erasure because all that tells me my proudest moment ever as an artivist was being quoted for the title of a Guardian article. And the title of it was all about this. We talked about this. The title was, Trump doesn't understand history because that's what it tells me. When you do something like that, you don't understand history, but all he is, is a symptom of a broken system. All he is, is a reflection of our country and what we don't know. So it just makes us all have to step up. And this is so fascinating because now we know what to read, how to educate ourselves, continue to have these conversations. And what I want our listeners to know is how they can continue to support Valley of Change because you guys have done such a good job of keeping these important conversations going. Mm -hmm. And for those listening that are as inspired and invigorated as we feel right now, how do they donate? How do they do that? How do they give you guys? Because you are, as you said, 100% donation based. Yes. Um, They can visit www.thevalleyofchange.org. They can follow us on Instagram. It's at the Valley of Change, all one word. Um, You can donate via Venmo, PayPal. Um, We also accept donations on the corner if people want to drop off waters or food. We welcome all of it. Um, Also, in terms of keeping the conversation going when it comes to Native women 
I just feel like that isn't talked about enough. And we, we try to always talk about that on the corner as well. Um, they could visit the NIWRC, www.niwrc.org, National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. And you can learn about how Native women really, really need our help. Um, I also made a bracelet. I, I co-designed a bracelet with someone. Have it with me, just in, just in case you guys ask. It's called the Sovereignty Bracelet. And I'm it's so sold... Cute. Thank you. It's sold um, by another nonprofit that's doing amazing work called the Baby Girls. And 90% of the proceeds go towards helping these women who have survived sex trafficking in the Dominican Republic and 10% go towards helping native women at the NIWRC. So just learning about nonprofits that are doing the work. Yes, we, I would love for your listeners to support Valley of Change, but also keep looking for other nonprofits. We love like to donate to other nonprofits as well. And we share their information because we're all in this together. So we're trying to uplift other grassroots organizations too. Um, because we're all, we're all directionally challenged when it comes to <laughs> dismantling systemic racism, but we can't do it with daily consistent action. We can do it. Well, Kyla, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Such, you, such an inspiring really. individual and conversation. Truly, thank you. I know that in order to be the kind of mother that I want to be, I just, I want to continue conversations like this that just really opened my eyes to the amount of history that I've not been taught and or just yeah, that I've really just not been taught or taken the time to seek out because I just have been taught something completely different. So I just thought that I already understood, you know, an element of, I'm not a history buff, but I thought that I had already had, you know, essentially a blanket education that is just so, you know, ripped off of my eyes at this point of how much I need to relearn essentially. But it's conversations like these that, inspire me to want to educate myself so that I can educate, uh, you know, our kids. Right. And just to reinforce what she said, it's so important to know our history. I mean, now that you and I can educate ourselves to know the real history, we can pay it forward and teach our little ones. And then hopefully that can start the change that we have needed in this world so badly. And it's, it's fun. I mean, we, we live in the area, the general area of, um, you know, I know that you and I have both discussed that we've driven by the Valley of Change, that little, the little corner of big change as this organization calls it. And, um, and it's been really inspiring to see them every day. And so to be able to hear more about the, um, conception of this organization was really special today. And for anyone that lives in the LA area, and if you want to go visit and participate and stand with the Valley of Change. Um, They are on the corner uh, in front of the Sherman Oaks Galleria every day from noon to 8 p.m. So they're there and you can visit their website, Valley of Change, and you can see the the consecutive number of days that they have of peacefully protesting. They have a a counter on their website, um, which is really beautiful to see whenever you visit them. So if you want to learn more about this organization, one more time, just go to thevalleyofchange.org. We hope you feel as inspired as we do after this conversation. Um, We have another great episode coming for you next week. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.